0: Hello, everybody. Udicast, episode number nine. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, Kev? I'm here. Uh, We got an exciting guest this week. Just in time for the 2015 CNY Comedy Cup, we have the man, the master of ceremonies, Phil Farda. Local funny man, Phil Farda. And he's on the show, and we had a really nice conversation, and I'm excited for everyone to hear it. But you know what else I'm excited about? Last night was
1: SummerSlam last night was SummerSlam yeah for all you wrestling fans last out night there. was SummerSlam
0: Kev if you were going to be a pro wrestler what, what's your angle
1: Would what does that mean like what are you what's going for what's your angle? gimmick man
0: if you want to be like, what's the story you're going for are you like the fisherman wrestler the lumberjack wrestler like what's your angle man? The, I'm the champion
2: I'm the champion wrestler.
0: <laughs> that's a good champion's a good angle I'm just the guy who wins all the time that's the John Cena angle
1: win 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 no matter what
0: uh, episode number 9 we'll be, uh, we'll be back in a second thanks for coming folks Hipster wrestler, right? Who was sort of I too can't believe it. <laughs> I know, right? I
1: literally cannot believe like, it. Like,
0: but too cool, like, to be a wrestler. Like, uh, I want to be out there and be like, this, this would never stand in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Uh, or I want to like reference movies, like, uh, like real obscure movies and stuff to people. All right, so check it out. Here you go. Here's an here example. All right, let me tell you something, Kevin Sullivan. You may think that money in the bank briefcase guarantees you a world title shot. But I'm going to haunt you, Kevin Dude, Sullivan. you would get
1: beat up so bad all the time by everybody.
0: <laughs> I'm going to haunt you like a poltergeist. <laughs> You're going to be Craig T. Nelson, and I'm going to be the house, and I'm going to haunt you until you have to leave with your family and stay at a hotel until the sequel. I'm leaving the podcast.
1: <laughs> it's good. No, it's it's, it's not good. It's no, not good. No, no
0: bueno. No, i
1: cross it off. All right.
0: Well, you may be wondering why we're hitting this wrestling so hard, and not just because I'm a pro wrestling fan and because you – aren't, but when no one's listening, you occasionally enjoy professional wrestling.
1: No, no, I enjoy the professional wrestling is good, but Um, I haven't figured out all nine different characters I would do in my 15-year career like you. Well, you haven't had as much time to think about
0: that, I I guess. guess. Uh, (laughs) Anyhow, um, SummerSlam was last night, but there's a really interesting wrestling story that ties into local business. Yeah? Uh, Earlier this week, it was announced in the OD that professional wrestling legend, Brett, the Hitman Hart, Will be appearing on November fifteenth at the Gentleman's Corner Barber Shop in the New Harper Shopping Center.
1: That's exciting news because that is my barber. I'm gonna to have to ask Pauly to come in and talk to us about it. Oh, I would love,
0: cool, sir. I'd love to have Pauly come in and talk to us. Great friend of the cast. Uh, and from what I've heard, from what we've said, uh, we mentioned, we talked to him. It's selling out very quickly.
1: Yeah. Uh, the ticket packages are on Facebook. You can go to Gentlemen's Corner Barber Shop. Um, he did say once everybody gets tickets, they're going to, for everybody who's got tickets, they're going to keep it open as long as they have to. So as long as you got your tickets, you're not going to miss out. Which is great. And I got to tell you, uh, you
0: know, Utica, Utica has a pretty decent wrestling following, honestly. Like, I know a it lot of people. It feels like it's coming
1: back. A lot of people talk about wrestling. now. Yeah. A lot of just, you know, out of nowhere. A couple of years ago, all of a sudden, I realized, like, out of nowhere, everybody I knew was like, oh, I'm watching WrestleMania. I'm like, really? Mainstream coverage. Here's the thing. You know what it is about wrestling? Um, And Brock Lesnar, actually, this ties
0: into SummerSlam. Brock Lesnar was on ESPN this week uh, promoting the event. And he had a really interesting take that I I agree with. When you watch a wrestling pay-per-view, a wrestling pay-per-view, for all intents and purposes, is a television show. It's scripted, so you know you're going to be at least entertained, even if you don't like the guys in the match, or it's not really your thing. They're telling a story. It's not like a boxing match where oh, here's Floyd Mayweather and some guy, and then Floyd Mayweather knocks him out in 10 seconds, and then the match is over. That's it. You paid $70 to watch 30 seconds of entertainment. Uh, wrestling, at least, gives you your money's worth, even on a bad show, because
1: I don't think Last Night's Summer Sun was all that great, but I was entertained for most yep. of it. Sure. You know? Do you think that all the people who are finding their way to the show for the first time because of the article in the Observer Dispatch are baffled by all the wrestling stuff? Baffled. Topic? Totally, totally baffled. Uh, <laughs> and that's the other thing we wanted to mention.
0: Um... I want to give a shout-out to Phil Vano from the OD, who who reached out to us and was very generous and, and very supportive and was happy to give us promotion. Uh, he had a little write-up about the show in the OD. It will be out tomorrow on Tuesday. We Which is on. today when you listen to this. Yes, when you listen to it, it's today, but we don't film on So insider trading technique here. We, we don't actually film on on Tuesday, we don't film anything. We don't film a podcast. anything. That's a good point too. Uh, falling apart. I am losing it today. Man, I'm so same. Now, now you got this I big got new so crowd. Hyped. You got the SummerSlam slide falling man. apart. Uh, but no, thanks. Thank you very much for Phil Vano. Um, he was a great guy to talk to. We had a nice conversation over the phone. And if there's anybody new listening because of the article, thanks for coming. Yeah, it's been. It's really nice to have you here. We'll try to. We'll try to keep you entertained the best we can. Um, you can follow us for new listeners at the Uticast uh, at U T I C A S T on Twitter. Uh, and we've been hitting the Periscope a little bit. We use specifically. I, I specifically. Work the Periscope. Yeah. Also, you to cast on Periscope. You can get at us many ways, folks. Um, well, we have Aaron
1: coming in to talk a little bit. About. I think, I'm pretty sure that Aaron is in the green room with a dog right now. Oh yeah, uh, that's our new, our new co-host for the day. Is that our new co-host? Yeah, Maggie the for the day.
0: Uh, well, Aaron's here to come talk about uh, this new nano... Uh, announcement, which we caught last Three Friday, news. which I'm really, really excited about. So I guess we won't drag out this long. Saying, let's bring Aaron in. And we'll talk about some of the nano, and we'll meet Maggie. Get her Close in
2: thing. here. Very, 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 very long.
0: Hi, Erin Higgins. Hello,
3: America.
0: Erin, why don't you introduce us to our special mascot for this week?
3: We have a special mascot yeah. this week. Her name is Maggie.
0: Hi, Maggie. You want to be on the show? Maggie's a dog. And uh, she can't. She's not responding. Not would, very impressed. Not as impressed.
3: She may make sounds at some point. At
0: some point in time. If we
3: ignore her long enough, she'll talk to us. <laughs> um,
0: well, uh, let's cut down the snark for just a moment. I know. I know. With it's, us? It's, it's tough. It's tough.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
0: it's been a really, really exciting week in the city of Utica, and I would feel remiss if we didn't at least mention uh, this Governor Cuomo story and all the nano stories that have been going on. So let me, uh, let's start with the bare bones here. Uh, over the week, there was an announcement that uh, two companies will be investing $2 billion into the industry for, uh, this is nanotech work. Mm-hmm. Uh, G.E., and, a, and a, an Austrian company called AMS AG. I, I wish I knew what no, the... No, I have no idea it, what they do.
1: I barely understand what nanotech I, I is. I still, it's... But I know that it's a very good thing for the area. To see companies like this, I mean, big companies come in investing, I mean, two billion plus dollars is crazy. That's insane. And uh, I believe the roundabout number they've given is 2,400 plus
3: new jobs. Yeah. This uh, be really exciting. exciting. Really, really very exciting. exciting.
0: Uh, I have a couple quotes here. Um, this is from Governor Cuomo. Uh, he, this is the quote. Over the past few years, we have worked to reverse the negative and invest in upstate New York, and today we're taking another huge step forward. With GE and AMS joining the Nano Utica Initiative, we're seeing the region's economy gathering momentum unlike, <laughs> unlike ever before. The Mohawk Valley is beginning an economic revolution around nanotechnology, and I'm excited to see the region take off and thrive both today and in the years ahead. Yes. Yeah. very concise quote from governor cuomo uh you know i i'm lucky enough to work part-time temporarily at mohawk valley community college one of the nice things about working there is the president of the college uh, a very very smart interesting gentleman uh mr van wagner he walks around the building a lot i had uh a short and honorary moment of speaking with him while I was at work last week. And he made a really interesting point. He said, you know, it's very easy over the last 10 years for people to say, well, you know, that's great, but we'll see it. You know, we'll believe it when we see it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know it's early, is this? Can we say that this is the beginning of something a little bit greater, that maybe this is the first time we're like, maybe this is, maybe it's not just talk. Maybe we really are taking the next step, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's no question, you know, for for as much as I love this city and, you know, all the work that I do at Made in Utica, all the different stuff doing in the community to make this a better place, I was one of those people who was like, okay, I'll believe this nanotech thing when it happens. Because, you know, we've been, we've had our hopes, you know, put up so many times and gotten let down in this area. And it's just nice to see. I mean, after all the groundswell, there's so many, you know, cool people doing cool things in this city. Interesting small businesses opening. But this is Major League. This is a big deal. There's going to be a lot of people moving to the area. There's going to be a lot of people in the area who are going to be able to leverage for, you know, better, higher-paying jobs. It's just – it's awesome. And when I say there is a, a palpable feel in
0: in the people – in the in yeah. the city and in social media when this happened, I was at work when the announcement came out. It was – it was a Friday afternoon. I want to say when this mm-hmm. news came out. For the rest of the day, when I was at work, almost every article, every social media post, mm-hmm. every news story, every person I knew was already talking about yep. it. Before I got out of work, I knew most of the stories before I could even sit yep. down and read about them. That's
1: that's powerful. And you know, you see stuff happen like that with certain news stories breaking on social media. It's all everybody's talking about. But it's nice to see it, see it be positive news, and see it be here just a great thing
3: this happened also if you remember when they talked about bringing the hockey team here
1: yes yeah. and it
3: was we're not sure if it's going to happen we'll believe it when it happens and then bing bang boom here we are and it's huge uh-huh. so you can only hope that nanotechnology i mean yeah. obviously will not be as no you're not going to be wearing their colors every week but it's going to be great for the area it's going to be huge it's going to be really great for businesses, local businesses. I mean, all the way around, it's going to be a really positive thing. Uh,
0: The FV president, Mr. Van Wagner, actually referred to it as the post-Comets economy, which was the first
1: time I've ever actually heard that that phrase used by anybody. I was like, wow, that's a really... You know, he's not wrong. I don't think the Comets rebuilt this city by any means, but anything that that gives one figurehead for people to get behind and sort of galvanizes and unites Mm -hmm. people is a positive thing. And that's one of the biggest things we've been missing in the Utica area for such a long time is one common cause to rally behind, like one, you know, banner to unite underneath, so to speak. And, you know, the Comets played a huge part in that. I mean, when they were playing, you know, all season, it was incredible support. And through the playoffs, all over town, everywhere you went, I mean, Taylor and the Cook changed their sign. they are not the only business. Every business had stuff out in the window. It was on all the marquees everywhere. And it's awesome to see the city getting together and finally uniting instead of being divided by our differences.
3: Yeah, And I feel like it'll be the same thing uh-huh. now under yeah. nanotechnology.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of rallying around the city. Yeah. And it, this is a good example and a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A good, um, you can feel it almost. It's a, a yeah. tactile feeling of It's a, it's kind. It's a can, energy. You can grab onto this and yeah. feel good about it. Uh, this is another quote. This is from Mark Little. He is the Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of GE. Uh, he says... Together with New York State and SUNY Polytech Institute in Albany and now Utica, we are creating a silicone carbide corridor that will be the epicenter of the next revolution in power. In Utica, it will expand the focus from computer chip commercialization to creating the first U.S.-based power electronics manufacturing center with GE silicone carbide technology. Wow. Both. I wish I knew more about what any of that Any meant. of that means any of that. I, I feel so stupid. That's the basic takeaway <laughs> I have from all yeah, this. Because yeah, yeah, I, like, I feel like such an idiot. Um, but this is this is crazy. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, again, this is um this is uh AMS AG uh Chief Operating Officer, uh Dr. Thomas Stockmeyer, great name. He's talking about this Austrian company is going to invest $2 billion in a new 360,000-square-foot uh, facility with 1,000 jobs. And by the spring of 2016, uh, the average salary for most of these jobs is going to be 91000 Dollars. That's a yeah. lot
3: of money.
1: I don't know what I would. Well, I do know what I would do with ninety one thousand dollars. Got plenty dollars. Of ideas. Anything I wanted.
3: You buy more of those well, that's mists. You know, and that's Ooh. the
1: crazy thing. That's that's good money to make anywhere, but making that money here is oh, insane. Man. I mean, the cost of living here is low, and that's bound to probably go up a little bit. The housing market will go up a little bit, especially sure. in, you know the more northern parts of the city and like the Deerfield, Marcy area and stuff like that. But that's a lot of money to be making in Central New York.
3: It's really exciting, and I hope that as this progresses and as this moves forward, we will be able to, on the podcast especially, have somebody that will come in and talk to us about what that means, bring it to the level that we can understand, and bring it so we feel more educated on the subject yep. of Aaron, what nanotechnology is. We have
0: someone special coming on relatively soon about that. We'll, we'll keep that one in suspense. For a little bit. We have somebody coming on, very excited to talk about a little bit about nano and, and I hope where you're moving. <laughs> it, it, it's fine. It's not me because I'll tell you that. Like, uh, no. uh,
3: you can okay. spell uh, nano, <laughs> and there were I two.
0: There were two other. Uh, there were two other things that happened this week uh, that seem to be getting a lot of coverage, and that's the uh, the revitalization of the landmark building. Yeah, which has been getting a lot of coverage. It's
3: so exciting. Uh,
0: that's Ocean Blue has their their restaurant opening up at the top yep. floor, and they're building apartment buildings. I, I wish I had a little bit more deep knowledge about this. Um, but again, this is all ties into what we're talking about. Like there are a lot of areas for revitalization that seem to be catching on. Yeah. Uh, Utica college is now going to be using the city center building in downtown yeah. uh, and taking advantage of that, which I think is a great look. For That's them. the, uh, the old Woolworth building, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, if you remember correctly, we used to have exclusive free reign to in an era which we can't really discuss too much about. uh,
1: Sure we can. Can Tim Julian gave us the keys to that building (laughs) for free without signing any kind of lease or giving our names to anybody in like maybe 2006, 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. Good time to be alive. And he let our rock and roll band run free all over all six floors of this building downtown. We would play wiffle ball in the lobby. We would have parties on the roof. It was a great time. So thank you, Tim Julian. Yes, uh, it did happen. We had some excellent <laughs> wiffle
0: ball games. So whenever you walk into the city center, folks, just think about the Uticas playing a mean game of wiffle ball right in the main lot. Oh
3: my gosh! True sure story. Um, it was G- shout out to Tim Julian.
0: <laughs> Tim's a good man. Um, well, <laughs> downtown Utica is uh, is an interesting. Spot because I do see like, there's a lot of really nice stuff in downtown you to get Well, down, and like, I see you know,
1: there's a lot of stuff now, and I say all the time there's so many great buildings with great bones. There's so much space ready to be used, mm-hmm. and that's awesome because if somebody wants to open a building, you know they don't have to do new construction. If they want to open a business down there or something, mm-hmm. they don't have to build themselves a building. They can find something and retrofit it to their needs. And there's so much space for people to grow into down there that it's almost inevitable with all the momentum going on. I think you're going to see a lot more of it, a lot more businesses opening down there.
3: The architecture, if you go down Bag Square, you look up at the buildings right on that Bag Square lot, and the architecture is so stunning. Mm -hmm. And so it really takes you back to a time when that was such a big deal, Mm -hmm. when that was truly cared about. And it's wonderful to see that that those buildings will be utilized again, the buildings in downtown. I
1: remember when I was a kid, my dad used to drive us around town. He always had an interest in architecture, more as like a hobby or something. You know, he wasn't an architect. But he would drive us around and point out different features in buildings and stuff. And he really impressed it upon us at a young age. Like, you're not going to see this type of architecture everywhere you go. This is a very special thing that we're lucky to have here. And you don't get this in all these other deteriorating Rust Belt cities.
3: Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's really a lovely landmark for our city Mm -hmm. that, that we are so caring about our architecture.
0: You know, what else is in downtown Utica, technically, is the Radisson. Which will be the location for the 2015 CNY Comedy Cup, featuring such comedy greats as former podcast guest Chris Mandry and podcast co-host one Aaron Higgins.
3: Yeah, uh, it's true. I love was that.
0: now Higgins. I've
1: heard a rumor. Do you have to go first to the Comedy Cup?
3: Phil Farda, who is
1: uh, <laughs> who is our guest. Phil Farta will be on later.
3: Much. Uh, I love Phil Farda. I, I have nothing but positive things to say about him, and that's very rare for me. But. I, I truly love him. He had a, like a he picked names essentially, so it was picked just, out of a hat. Picked, essentially, I think it was like out of a hat, and uh, I was picked to go first. And I sort of, I had a feeling in my gut that was going to happen because it's my biggest fear. So
0: well, I have some ideas. Probably you can take advantage of this. I really yeah. do. I've come up with some ideas because uh, me and Phil got into it a little bit. Uh, so let's let's take a listen to our good friend uh, Phil Farda as yeah. he talks about the his career as a comedian. And the C N Y Comedy Cup, and we're gonna come back and we're gonna brainstorm how you're gonna make the most of this, Aaron. I'm into it. All right. Thank
3: God someone's gonna help me. I'm,
0: I'm here for you. <laughs> Thanks, and, Podcast. And so Phil, Phil Fardle was here
1: for us. Let's me, check I'm him here out. For me. You're good <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
0: I've been thinking about it ever since I uh, re met you when I came back in from New York City.
2: Yeah.
0: Are you you're from the area initially? Or from yeah? I'm actually from here, North Utica. North Utica. Yeah. I grew I'm up here. trying to figure out where I knew you from
2: before I left. Are you a Proctor guy? Uh, Proc- Proctor. Yeah. And then uh, I was friends with Nick Visali. Oh, that's how, I think okay. I probably right, know you yep. from the band. Oh, I used yeah. to come out and see the band. Was you, so you didn't go to Notre Dame then? Did you Proctor? Or Notre no, Dame? I went to Proctor. Well, did would you graduate? Ninety-eight. Oh wow! Well, so you're so a little ahead of me. All right. I'm a little bit older.
0: Yeah. Ah, just a little bit. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, Phil Farda, man, I'm happy to have you on the show. Um, really excited for the Comedy Cup this weekend, and I am—I will be there. I'm very excited. Also, not just to support my good friends Aaron Higgins and Chris Mandry, but also because I'm really glad that this is a thing that's happening. In yeah, the city. yeah. This is—I'm
2: excited about it. It's the first. Uh, local showcase of this magnitude yeah I would say it's been there's been other local events but this is the first one of its kind mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago I, we did a show called cut the check at the Columbia when that was a yeah thing. the Columbia and, classic yeah and uh <laughs> it was like a crowd vote same sort of thing yeah. showcase and you voted for your favorite comic but it was there was like six comics mm-hmm. uh, and it was much smaller scale so this has been ramped up big time very nice uh and I you know it's funny we've talked a lot about the comedy competition
0: on the show before having you on. We had Chris come on and talk about the show and Aaron's on every week. Uh, I personally spent seven years in New York, and this is another topic we hit all the time on the show. My last two months in New York, I was very lucky to have a very good friend of mine, Anthony O'Connell, from the Always Been Silly podcast, which he does with Brandon Scott Wolf. Anthony uh, was nice enough to start letting me come out with him when I was working on my quote-unquote novel that I'm never going to finish. He brought me out to watch him do stand-up and I helped him do some writing and I got to really uh, dig into the New York City, like the Brooklyn, Long Island, New York City stand-up scene. Yeah, yeah. And that is such an, a crazy world, the idea of stand-up to me. For a guy who comes from a music background, if I was always protected by having this instrument in front of me, or this these songs these and, bandmates other and other people in front people. of you, yeah, like just tell me because this is something that blows my mind. Like what? It's got to be nerve wracking when it's just you up there, right? Like
2: the uh, probably at first. I mean, yeah, yeah when you're starting, mm. uh, but you get used to it. Mm. There's kind of, um, I mean, I guess I'm always a little nervous. Sure, sure. There's like no normal. safety net, is what
0: really I'm, it impresses me. So you much. you just
2: can't. You know what? You, when eventually, you learn to. Uh, like embrace failure you know because you kind of know <laughs> i generally feel like anytime i take the stage i got a 50 yeah. percent chance of success you know so uh and sometimes crash and burning is uh you know you just go and you just have it just happens oh, that's got to be a-
0: do you remember the first time it ever happened was it like traumatic for you if it ever
2: uh the first time it happened probably uh, my very first set i had a great show i yeah. had like that great set where i was like oh i I'm a star, like, I'm meant to do this, you know? And then everybody has a delusional set at first. Of course. That's my concern. Like, I'm worried if after the Comedy Cup, we're going to have, like, 12 comics who think they're fucking (laughs) Louis C.K. after this, you know? Uh, But I went up, I had a good set, and then I, that led to a contest, same sort of format, where Hmm. uh, I ended up, uh, they gave me an opportunity to host. So now I go up in front of, like, 200 people, Hmm. and I grab the mic, and it doesn't work. Yeah, I'm just standing there under a spotlight with a mic that doesn't work. Uh, so I did what I thought I should do, which is to uh, attempt to fix the mic, which is, but didn't work. And then just start yelling. <laughs> yeah, just start yelling. Like, Welcome to the show! We got a great show! And uh, and then I went on to just shit the bed. I went on to just fucking eat shit. Um, oh, that's the worst, I man. came off, and I, I went backstage, and there was a fellow named Mike Brindisi who was... Uh, yep. Mike was the lead singer of Showtime at the at the time. I think I I knew him very well. Actually, yeah, and First he's awesome. My he my was goodness-y. great. Yeah. So he was sort of a mentor when I started. And uh, I went backstage, and I was like, I was trying not to cry. I was like, I had my I, tears swell up in my eyes, and I'm like, that that w- didn't go so good, Mike. <laughs> and he uh, reassured me and and uh, made me feel better. <laughs> so I I always remember Mike when I think about that um, worse set. It's interesting you bring that up. Uh, One of the things I thought was
0: very interesting to me when I got to do the New York City, like, walk around and meet all these people is the community of comedians is a strange community. Um, I was very accepted into the community of comedians once they found out that I wasn't another comedian who was there to, like, do a set. Once they found out that I was like a guy working on a novel and working on this writing project, they were very excited to tell me all about their stories and about their comedy and about yeah, their theory. Yeah, but once, the, but the minute they, I walked in with their buddy who's a comedian, they're like, oh, "Who's this guy?
2: What's his deal? Yeah, nice beard and glasses. What's his?" It's is he a, a whole, it's <laughs> a whole subculture, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, comics are there's a lot of ego in mm-hmm. in this particular subculture, uh, but everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So, there's, uh, it's like any workplace. Yeah. There's a bunch of assholes. Yes. And then there's a bunch of really cool people. Huh. There's friendly people. There's a bunch of insecurity and, mm-hmm. and uh, jealousy. There's just like anything. I know um, it's,
0: it's probably a vague question. Uh, do you know how long ago it was you started? Like, was there,
2: like a... Yeah, a, yeah. I was uh, early 20s, probably 2002. 2002. 2002, oh, 2002 so I went on and... going uh, at it then. Uh, well, for a while, there was several years off. Yeah. There was several years off when I was working in retail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, the, com- there was a comedy club here called Fat Cats. Oh, I remember Fat Cats. Which is where I started, yeah. And then actually one of our judges this Saturday, uh, is going to be Blair Genther, okay. who I started with. He nice. was, he was in the finals with me there, and all these years later, he, he just happens to be back in the area. So he's gonna come and, uh, be one of the judges mm-hmm. on the show. Um, do you have, like, uh, I always think about this. I was a, uh, one of the reasons I got into
0: podcasting, um, was I actually watched a Mark Marin stand-up special that he did. And that sort of led me to the podcast, which got me really. And I think Maron's great. Did you did you have like comedians who really like excited you for the craft growing up or younger? Uh, or? When
2: I was a kid, yeah, man, I loved Sinbad. Yes, yeah, I Sinbad. loved Sinbad. He First used to, kid is an underrated movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was uh, he came, it was an HBO special. He came out and did like this whole dance number, and I it was dope. And I was like, man, this is funny. And he just uh he's completely clean which is now is especially yeah. impressive yes and i got to see him live finally and he was at turning stone uh probably three years ago mm-hmm. and i got we had front row seats and so he was outstanding man two hours he did two hours and i fucking laughed <laughs> two hours the whole time it's yeah crazy. which is yeah nobody does two hours so that was uh that was wild and then i i tweeted at him and got to meet him backstage <laughs> and uh it wasn't quite as thrilling as i'd hoped for because it's it was tough. like he had like there was like a line of people I was like oh I'm getting to meet Sinbad. and I realized I was like oh every everybody's getting to meet Sinbad. okay uh, and then I got like they they had this the the, the picture thing set up I just got a picture with him and I uh, I like meek meekly said hey I'm I'm a comic too and uh, he was like cool man next like like that's, like that's you can't tell these that's people like... that you're a comedian oh
0: dude that it's, it's a terrible thing. Uh, I worked briefly in a restaurant in New York City, a very high-end, uh, not high-end, a touristy restaurant in Times Square. And I would catch a lot of, like, sort of fringe celebrities. And one day, uh, I was lucky enough to meet one of my idols, Stephen King. I, I love Stephen oh, King. I have a sure. Stephen King tattoo. And I met Stephen King, and I had the worst the worst conversation of all time. Yep. Like, I made him so uncomfortable. I felt so terrible. <laughs> I, it's, I, uh, what
2: are they called? Star Shock? What's it called? Star Struck. Star-struck. I, Star-struck. I, de- yeah. I asked him to, tat- uh, to sign my tattoo, and I think it definitely made him like, all oh, right, that's enough of this guy. That's a bit much, yeah. I did that when I met, uh, Kevin Meany, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Meany, I watched him growing up on, like, improv and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he came to Fat Cats, and, uh... I just I was a goof I was just I was an idiot because you want to impress these people a little bit with like you want them to know what they meant to you right and that's the thing is I'm trying to convey like what a what a inspiration he was and he didn't give a shit man he was just a regular dude (laughs) I was like can you is there any kind of? I expect him to like instill some knowledge on me yeah and I was like what can you tell me like can you give me any advice and he's like you should probably just stop and become a fireman And I was like, "That's a great piece of advice." I and I, I recommend oh, it to man. all comics everywhere. <laughs> um, we sort of live in this uh, a, a, a world, like a modern world. where There's a lot of modern
0: comedy fodder. I think specifically are like gluten and the internet and like social media. Like, do you feel like a lot? Do you feel like social media? You're a very good social media presence. Do you feel like social media has helped or hurt like modern stand-up comedy and the way comedy is is now?
2: Uh, I think. So,
0: Bold question, I know, Brian. No,
2: <laughs> no, that always comes up. I I don't know. I think that it's it's obviously helped. It's made it more accessible mm-hmm. for everybody. I think um, it's maybe hurt the not the craft, but sort of the the live appeal. Sort of like sure. they're so accessible now. You can watch, yeah. you know, you can watch a hundred different comedy stand up comedy specials on Netflix. Yeah, and maybe it's sort of curb people from going to see live comedy. Uh, which is which is interesting because there's nothing like the live experience. Oh, no, when you great. watch it on TV, it's totally different, man, being live. Um, but overall, I mean it's it's great. It's given everybody mm. access. It's led to a lot of awful hacky shit. Oh, yeah. Comics putting stuff out. And and anybody being able to just put a comedian in front of their their like mm. Facebook persona comedian is a tough one to put on the front like I uh for like 20 minutes when I was working really hard
0: on writing the novel and I had just graduated college it said historian slash novelist mm -hmm. and I think it lasted two minutes before I was like no I can't I can't be that guy who's got these I can't pretend
2: I can't pretend yeah I I've made a point to not ever (laughs) do that I did I had a fan page for a while and it was more hassle than convenience (laughs) and I got rid of it and I just sort of, I, I came to the conclusion that I would just like anybody that's a fan of my comedy just to be my friend. Um, I do want to ask you a couple questions about some of
0: the other stuff you're working on as well besides the comedy cup. Uh, mm-hmm. When I first did, I did a podcast with you at Saranac. Uh, you were on our podcast. Yeah, uh, on your podcast, yeah, the You Should Be Here podcast, which you can download
2: at 315live.com. Yes? Yes, that's it. Uh, how did you get How did you get involved in that initially? I got connected with, uh, with Matt Major, who is the, the owner there. Yeah, um, nice guy. Through, I believe it was maybe Mike Ciccone, who's one of our actually comics on the pod, on the Comedy yes. Cup. And uh, what I did was he had a podcast called Matt's Modern World on the same station. Mm-hmm. I called in as a guest, talked about comedy, talked about a web series we were working on. And uh, he got and then when he came, he was coming to Utica and he got a hold of me. He's like, "Look, I'm coming to Utica. I need I'd like somebody on the show that's a little connected." And I was like, "This is great, man. I've been wanting to do a podcast, but I've been wanting to do none of the work." Yeah, exactly. you know, I would like to do all the podcasts <laughs> with none of the work. And Matt was uh, like, "Cool, well, I do all the work. This is going to be a match made in heaven," mm. and it's worked really well, man. He's he's great at what he does. Uh, the podcast's a lot of fun. Mm. He's very tech savvy, so he handles all the shit I don't want to do. That seems to be the
0: mo with the podcasting. Even when I was working on my first podcast, mm-hmm. it was always there's the one guy who's got to do all the writing, and yeah. then you got the the charm guy, and then you need the third alternate voice who's the jerk, generally. Uh, I'll let you guys, I'll let you viewers decide on our show. Who's who. Um, and you're also doing trivia night, which I, I know you do Monday through Thursday. Yeah,
2: trivia is blowing up, man. I, yeah, it was you're... something initially I, I thought about doing it as like to supplement my income. Um, and I got into it with my buddy, Will Phillips and it was started doing really well. It, it turns out that like the, the trivia host kind of makes the game. Yes. People sure. want to play with them, with an yeah. interesting uh, host. And uh, so it started like one night a week. Now we have several. We're, we're, we have trivia Monday through Thursday. I'm not going to list all the venues, but uh, if you want to see where we're playing, it's on ComedyCNY.com. Awesome. awesome. And, and that's actually um, led into a new business venture I'm, I'm launching called Stage Time Trivia. And that's nice. uh, the, there's a website being built uh, right now. If you go to StageTimeTrivia.com, there's cool. just like a landing page. But uh, what we're going to do is provide a resource for comedians to run their own trivia night. Because it was such, it was such a uh, Yeah, it was like such that, a actually. supplemental. Yeah. Uh, it, it actually ended up making like a, a full time salary for me. That's so great. So I, I I actually live off of trivia more so than comedy, and uh, and that's, you can do it on good, your off though. nights. It's great. Yeah, and uh, it's still, it gets you in front of people. Yeah, that's where stage time came from. Mm. It's like you know you can still get up in front of people. And do your thing and do jokes and stuff, but you can make money. So uh, we're going to try to deliver that to comedians. Give them another really way cool, to, to sort of support their art and support themselves uh, through trivia. August 29th at the Radisson. Doors open at 7.
0: Show starts at 8. There are 12 comedians, including my uh, my biased, obvious choice, Aaron Higgins, yeah. who I hope will win. I
2: was going to say, who do you, do you vote for Chris Mandry or Aaron Higgins there? Who do you vote
0: uh, for? On the show... Obviously I root for Aaron Higgins but off the show I'm rooting for Chris all right uh, Now, it's I hope that they both do really well they're two very talented very exciting people that I love working with all the time yeah I'm excited to see actually I'm actually really excited to see the 10 people I don't know like I don't I don't there's, mean that like sarcastically like, yeah. I,
2: I see Chris and Aaron all the time they're always funny to me there's, there's like a handful of people on the the lineup that I have never seen. We had some entries come just for, uh, submissions from the internet. Yeah, I got people I've never met coming in. Um, there's that, with, with that many comics, there's bound to be a couple uh, disasters. I have no it's doubt there'll be a couple man. disasters, and 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 that's normal. That's fine. Uh, is there a favorite necessarily? Do you feel like there's a favorite? No, I don't. I don't think there's a favorite. I, I most I think the most experienced comic on the show is Joshua Staley. Mm-hmm. He's been working for a couple of years, like on the open mic scene and stuff, doing some showcases um so he maybe has the most experience but that doesn't mean anything are you also performing at the show uh i'll be hosting and performing Before, yes yep. very good
0: all right oh, cny comedy cup 2015 again uh 29th august
2: 29th at 8 yeah, p.m it's gonna be fun man uh at on twi- uh, twitter you are at laugh yes great, great follow great. me on twitter uh, great twitter handle <laughs> and and you can friend me on facebook too i i'm always like friends. I'll see what I can do on that. Uh, I dislike Facebook
0: the most of all the sure, social media platforms. we all platforms. do, Yeah, it's,
2: it's a it's a necessary evil.
0: If I see you on Tinder, I'll swipe right. How's that? Please, work for you? please and do. Phil Fart, a real pleasure, hey, my friends. Thank thanks, you so Sam. much for coming on. And uh, we'll be right back with Central uh, with New, uh, New York Comedy Cup uh, competitor Erin Higgins and the rest of her weird podcast. we recorded 15 minutes me and phil yeah uh and after we recorded 15 minutes we sat around in his apartment and talked for another half an hour what yeah an interesting smart fascinating guy love the way his mind works
1: it's something interesting you don't realize about people that are comedians because comedy seems like such a oh yeah just funny guy telling jokes comedians are very interesting people a lot of times i know <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: i know i am
1: um, oh boy No, it's it's something that a lot of comedians tell me,
0: and I don't know if this is just something that is like a a cliche, but writing comedy is even harder than writing drama. To to write something that makes somebody laugh and to have that kind of, because a lot of comedy is delivery. We watched an episode of Seinfeld last night. This is really off topic, but David Putty, David Putty episode of Seinfeld. A lot of the stuff he says isn't necessarily funny unless it's it's delivered in the way he says it.
1: Yeah, you know I mean, absolutely. And, well, and there's a lot. You see a lot of shows like that with delivery. You know, characters David Putty, Master Shake, all these people. It's about the way they say the line. You went David Putty to Master Shake? Two great <laughs> line deliverers. They <laughs> Master deliver the good. Shake. Randy, Randy
0: Marsh, Master <laughs> Shake, um, Aaron Higgins. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Your
0: deliveries, like, see, all right. But let's get into this because we mentioned it a little bit. You have had the the fortuitous opportunity of drawing the number one slot in this comedy yep. competition?
3: Yes, I have. I see I like the idea that we're turning it into a, an opportunity and not so much like a burden. Of course it's an good.
0: opportunity. Yeah. You're the first person these people see. You need to come out like a house of fire. So that oh, they're going to be so ready.
3: They're going to be They're going to be charged they're gonna up. They're going to be Yeah, they're going to be charged up. I'm weighing the pros and cons of bringing Maggie. It's like an opener. Just like letting her <laughs> loose in the audience and see how that rolls.
0: I think you should roll really hard. Uh, because from what Phil mentioned to me, this competition is based on uh, crowd support. Yes. Right? Yes. So here's here's my all right, just check it out. Picture this. Stage opens, marching band. On stage. Playing you on stage. No matter what you do after that, people will remember. Oh, she was the
1: marching band girl. Where can I did I get a marching
3: band? You, at a ladies time like and this?
1: gentlemen, you just found out why Sam Fularo does not perform stand-up comedy. Yeah, but
3: you're saying, like, I don't know if I can
1: organize a marching band before Saturday. Oh, before when the birth. Saints go marching in, how hilarious! If you, if you had a horn <laughs> section playing "Eye of the
0: Tiger" when you came up to do comedy, people would be so hyped.
1: People, no, people would be
3: wicked hyped. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, then you come that, out and
1: but... tell vagina jokes to like, what's going on? Where, where are we? <laughs> Wait
3: a minute, how does that relate to the margin band? <laughs> I don't have any jokes. I I keep trying to work stuff up that I think is funny. Like I'll be, and it's it's observational humor. What I what I'm gonna do is is strictly observational humor. Very like, it's not like lowbrow. It's 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 smart. It's it's obvious things people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna. I, I was driving here and I was seeing all the lawn signs for political events that are coming up. You know, vote such and such for city court judge. Vote such and such. So I was just thinking, like, like what if I just put a lawn sign out that says like, vote Aaron Higgins. I don't write anything underneath it. Uh, in my head, that was brilliantly funny. But like, <laughs> it's not a joke you can tell. Like, I can't tell a joke about how I'm gonna put a lawn sign. Like, vote Aaron Higgins for what? Like, who cares? Just vote her.
0: That's how Trump got into the, the the Republican Party. He just put up signs vote I, Trump, and it you know, always comes it. back around every it's episode. We to back Trump. Trump. Uh, so so you're telling me, what I'm gathering here is that you don't actually have a set written yet for this.
3: You know, I did have a set written originally when it first came around that we were going to do a second set, or a second show or that I was doing a second show with Phil. And I have a set, I had a set written and decided that it wasn't going to work. Hmm. It's hmm. very it was really sort of if you're not like an educator, if you don't work with kids, it wasn't going to work. Hmm. If you don't know who I am, As a person. And like you said, I'm based strictly on uh, crowd participation, crowd excitement. So if they don't know who I am, me telling a story that's like incredibly esoteric sometimes can make me look a little bit less than genuine. Yes. So I decided to sort of forego my original story, which, by the way, was a story about how I was... Uh, asked to leave the Special Olympics, so
0: <laughs> I kind of want to hear that story. It's oh, a great yeah. story,
3: and I'll happily tell it to you guys. <laughs> but if you don't know me, it all—it also—it might look like I'm. Not a jerk, jerk, exactly. Because it has nothing to do with the Special Olympics at all. But that's a key part of the story because it's such a wonderful organization.
1: Crowd participation is a weird thing too because you can go in there, you can be not funny. But if you brought forty of your friends with you, you're going to win because they're all going to make all the noise. And
3: therein lies the situation. So if you know me and you like me, please show up. (laughs) I'd like to win a trophy.
1: That's funny because I told
0: everyone to show up for Chris, but boo. To give him a little something extra to work for. You know what I mean? Like, Mandry, like...
3: Chris Mandry's going to crush it. I, no, he's...
0: I'm excited. We talked
3: the other day after they did the drawing for the, the order, and we talked... Hi, can you come here, please? I'm sorry. Maggie. Maggie.
0: Oh, she wants to be involved in the show now. She does. Now, finally. Now she wants to be involved.
3: <laughs> but uh, I talked to him the other day about it, and, and I... Yes, hi. He he made a couple of statements, and he's like, so how are you feeling about first, huh? And so I was like, you know, dude, you're going to win. I'm going to vote for you. Like, everybody's going to vote for you. So I'm just going to go up there and talk about how great you are. I don't know. It's, it's I'm really at a, a turning point now where I can either make jokes and, and attempt to be funny and become a, a vulnerable person in the, in the uh, eyes of the audience, or I can just get up there and sort of...
1: But you made a it. you made a good point to me on a Friday night when we were talking about it because you're first you get all the low hanging fruit jokes and then if yes. anybody else does it right. afterwards
3: uh, the they podcast, just look like they're copying. yeah friend of the podcast Kate Riley was when she told me that I, I went first she was the one that broke the news to me said that said that sort of was like listen you know you wanted to t- talk about potentially the scandal at Subway and the Ashley Madison hack with the that's Duggars.
1: The you get Ashley Madison, you get Jared, you get Cosby, you get all the easy stuff. And then if the anybody th- else does it afterwards, like, oh, they just stole Aaron Higgins' joke. Right, right. But the downside of that is if you swing and miss with like a
0: Cosby joke right off the bat and somebody does it better later on, that makes you look rough, right? So that's the see, that's the problem I feel like that you're gonna have going on first. And this is simply the fact that people have short term memory. By the time you, you're gonna go up first there's 10 11 other comedians after you it's hard to remember what happened 20 minutes ago Which right is why I, we need yeah, the
3: marching yeah. band
0: well Aaron we are rooting for you thank you I'll and let you guys Chris Mandry. and Chris but mostly Mandry, of you. course Chris Mandry um
3: but we'll see how it goes and we'll I'll be happy to report. I'll be happy to report back on it on Tuesday.
0: If you uh, if you get stuck for material, you can just do overs, over and unders.
3: I may uh. end up just doing over unders, or just which, reading questions from Twitter, like just people that are dumb. <laughs> so you're
0: gonna do the show live? You're I may just, just do, do a little live segment. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's time for over and unders. Whoop, whoop. All right. Um, so I got a couple special ones here for you. Uh, this week, me and Kev uh, attended a stag party for a we very did? close friend of ours. Uh, let's just call him Varon Alardi. Anyway, that's
3: good. That's good. Uh, Nobody will know who that is. No one is. will know
0: who that is. Uh, Varian had a certain. <laughs> Varian. Varian had a very nice haircut, uh, a certain style of haircut called a man bun. Overrated. Overrated or underrated, the man bun. Aaron Higgins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, Aaron
3: Higgins loves the man bun. I wow. gotta say no. They not do. I gotta Never say no. Girls to. love the man bun. I they don't know, get it. Man. It's some sort of weird attraction we have, but it's wonderful.
1: It's a strange thing you see in this area because a lot of times, by the time these trends filter all the way upstate, like, they're already sort of over. So, like, now... I'm watching all these dudes in town desperately trying to grow out their man buns, <laughs> tying up 3 inches of hair on top of And man up. buns are already kind of on their way out, I think.
3: I think last time I saw um Tuttle, he had the tiny yeah.
1: teeny, tiny
3: tiny. Uh-huh. He was trying so hard.
0: Uh, well, you know what? Now that everyone in Utica who I've noticed has man buns, I texted my good friend Eric Tuttle in New York City about the man bun and his response was I already cut it off. He
3: couldn't so there it. you go.
0: Smart kid. There you go. Yeah,
3: he's ahead of the trend.
0: So, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I'll tell you what. I think they're they're underrated because there's getting a lot of vitriol for them, but I actually kinda like the way they look. I wish I could pull off the man bun. I don't yeah. think I would look silly,
1: I think. So you're but. saying like you've been going out lately, you've been seeing some guys with man buns? Yeah, like, man, I, I say, like him. Man, nice buns on that guy. Nice <laughs> buns. Nice buns on that guy.
3: Go back to the beach.
1: <laughs>
0: so um one of my favorite authors is a guy named Drew McGarry, and Great. for the last couple weeks, Drew McGarry has been writing his Deadspin uh, NFL preview article called yes. Why Your Team Sucks 2015, where he just bad all your teams. Yes. One of my favorite reads on the internet every year, do yourself a favor, go to Deadspin and read it. Overrated or underrated American-style football?
3: I know what your answer is.
1: Football uh-huh. is so desperately overrated that it hurts my heart. <sighs> Football is so overrated. And I'm not wow. saying, I'm. listen, I'm not saying that football's not interesting, Yikes. but the fact that we're at the, you know, the furthest you could be away from the season when there's exciting stuff happening, the NBA, the NFL, different stuff like that, and they're like, hey, let's take a look at the draft prospects that are going to be drafted in 16 months. Like, it just, anything that gets jammed down your throat like that is too much. It's um, too much and it's not that good.
3: I it's just not that good. I love it. I love everything about it. It's underrated. I think
1: it's football's underrated. 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 You, you mean tell me underrated. football's not getting enough attention in this country? No, I don't
3: think it's getting enough. I think we should get more attention.
1: Interesting.
0: I I have a hard I have a hard go with it because I I do I watch the league of denial. I read all the stuff about concussions. I'm a huge soccer fan. I really want to sit here and just knock football off its pedestal. But when the Bills play, I would be lying to say that I'm not emotionally invested. I'm having a hard time admitting that I feel like it's a little bit underrated right now, but I am looking forward to the Bills. But I get all the negative things that people say about the NFL, and in the next couple years, they're really going to have to do something to shed that negative image. But I'm
1: excited for the Bills, man. I, I I it's tough for me to to Yeah, but do play you need, do you need to hear first thing on Sports Center in the middle of April who the Bills might have no. their fourth string quarterback? No. Yes. And, and after week four, I'm gonna stop caring because the Bills will be 0-4 with no quarterback anyway.
3: Listen, that's a that's a bunch of bull and you Aaron, know it.
1: I understand why you want to hear about football in the summer to distract you from the Mets inevitably collapsing. The first place but still. <laughs> all right. First, <laughs> first place and <laughs> uh, second. Let's, Actually, move on, first... let's move on. Wait, hold on. on, I just want to say
3: one thing about football. Football is one of those things that that is uh across you know it's it's much like sports it goes all generations it's more of a in some regards it's a gathering of people mm. you get to do this huge thing on sundays or football if you have a you have a sports team that you like you have people over and there's a barbecue and you're playing in the snow mm. i mean like it's a definite uh togetherness moment and i love that about football more so than yes. anything else that I it, like it that. brings people together i
0: like that about football but i don't particularly like I don't like the organizations who run it. I can't support. Like I, I hate Roger Goodell so much. Like he doesn't every time, have, he
3: doesn't have straight rules. Uh,
0: no. Let's let's move on. Continue. Let's move on to something. This is a good one. Uh, last night was WWE SummerSlam, as we may have mentioned <laughs> a couple times here. Uh, let's go overrated, underrated. The most popular actor in America, Dwayne The Rock Johnson.
1: Overrated or underrated? Underrated. He can do no wrong in my eyes. Put him on everything. I do
3: believe, that the, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on this, uh, one little side thing I want to say is that John Cena, who is, I don't know what he does with the WWE, is it F or E? I'm not e. even sure. The e. <laughs> uh, see, I don't know anything. I don't know <laughs> if he's still a wrestler or if he's just, like, not a wrestler. So he, he just reached a milestone where he... Yeah was the most uh, make-a-wish. Yeah,
0: over 300 make-a-wish yeah. wishes granted. Really.
3: like And and that's something that is that's huge. Awesome. It's huge.
1: If anybody, I'll tell you, if I was ever in a position where anybody cared enough to make a wish that I would come hang out, I would try to go all the time. and exactly. do everything. There's, and that's what um, I love that's... about
3: John Cena in that regard is that he understands his role in society. Mm-hmm. He understands that while he is popular, he's going to do anything he can. Mm-hmm. But I do think Dwayne the Rock Johnson is underrated. I love him. I do love him. I can't I, help I, it. I
0: love everyone him. loves him. I love him. I think he's underrated. But I do think that he's starting to flirt with overexposure now. Like, he's doing so many things. He got the TV show.
1: But he's he's another guy who, you know, you always read these stories about him doing wonderful things for his fans. And, like, he legitimately makes friends with people who, like, write columns for blogs and stuff on Twitter. And, like, he showed up, he surprised a guy at his wedding who was just, like, a random guy he met. He felt like they were buddies. And he surprised him, showed up at his wedding. He made sixty million dollars last year. He doesn't have to do that. No, he's but an he awesome does dude. just because he's a good guy.
3: Uh, shout out Dwayne Johnson if you want to come on the podcast. Yeah. Would...
1: At the, anytime The Rock wants to be on the podcast, anytime sure we, we will stop do an entire
3: the... week's worth of podcast. You can for stop
0: real. by the studio. It's at uh, seventeen Know Your Roll Boulevard on the <laughs> corner of Jabroni <laughs> Drive. Stop by and we'll lay it the smack down. Uh, let's move on to the last over under. And guys, this is gonna be this is gonna be a tough one. I went to lunch. Uh, this week on my lunch break and ran into someone coming back from lunch. I said, hey, how was your lunch break? They said, I went to Vosses." I said, oh, that's cool. They said, no, it was terrible. Overrated or underrated, local establishment, Vosses."
1: Listen, I, I feel like sometimes when you say something is under or overrated, people think you don't like it. Right. I like Vosses. Vosses is delicious. Everything, I, mean, I have something there. It's good. Great meals there. Voss's is crazy overrated. The fact that people mm-hmm. go wait an hour in line for hot dogs, you know what I mean, yes. hot dogs <laughs> and hamburgers yeah. and stuff like that, it's not that it's bad, but people talk about it like it's the holy grail of cuisine, and it's just it's just not. It's good. I can butter a New England-style hot dog roll and put it in my toaster. It's
0: not that hard. True. Overrated. Sorry, guys.
3: Uh, I went the other day. Yeah? For the first time of the summer. I went... Um, Went with my fam and they just bought, they didn't get any hot dogs, but they just bought chili to like have at the house. That's how we roll at Bosses. We just
0: <laughs> <show up. laughs> bosses and just out. you go grocery go. shopping at
2: Bosses. <laughs> 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 That's, it's underrated. That's underrated. Yeah. It's underrated.
1: Grocery shopping at Bosses is highly We just show underrated. up and we're
3: like, hi, can we just have like two. We'll
1: take two packs of buns, a dish yeah, of chili.
3: Like, I swear to you, they sell chili by these little containers and you can buy them. And my parents just put them in the freezer and they just have them.
1: Fun
0: fact about me. Uh, you can take this home for yourself. My dad is the reason that Arby's on Genesee Street stopped putting out the pour-your-own-sauce uh, bottles because he kept stealing them. Yeah, true story. Interesting. True story. Wow, that's Guys, a fun thing. Uh, it's been a great week. Aaron, I can't wait to see you on, where did I put the date? It's on here.
3: The 29th.
0: 29th August 29th at the I know that the is the my cousin's wedding. I'm not going. I You're can't, not going?
3: Solid, just wait. Uh, Sully can't make it to the podcast. Wedding. August 19th. Go. Or to the Comedy
0: show. Doors open at 7, but you better be there at 8 p.m. for Aaron Higgins, who's going to win the CNY Comedy Cup. I'm already calling it right now. It's been a good week, guys. Thank Maggie, thanks for coming. Oh, such a good girl.
3: Thanks, guys. I will uh, I'll do you. Be- I'll do my you, best. I know you will. I'll, sh- I'll do the, pro- uh, the podcast proud.
0: You better, because if Mandry beats you, he's the new co-host. <laughs>
2: Bye, guys. We'll <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye.